Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Thank you for being with us wherever time or wherever you are in the world. As usual, I'm so excited about my guest today. I can't wait to dive right in. And his name is Christian Sunberg. Christian, Hello. is that right? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Hello. Just... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Louisa, for having me on. It's a, it's a huge honor. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm just going to read your bio and then we'll get started. Sure. Christian remembered his existence before coming to earth. This pre-birth memory left him completely after childhood and spontaneously returned 10 years ago when Christian took up medita a meditation practice and experienced a personal awakening journey. While remembering pre-birth memories, Christian began to have out-of-body experiences or OBEs. Christian is the author of the upcoming book, A Walk in the Physical, exploring the larger spiritual content in which we exist and the importance of love on our human journey. This is his story and this is his passion. Christian, I'm so delighted, honored and excited to have you on Passion Harvest. Thank you so much, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll dive right in. Yes, um, I'd love to hear about your pre-birth experiences. Well, yeah, so, so uh, before I start, I, I just wanna say that what I'm gonna attempt to talk about is beyond language. It's it's just not speakable uh, because our higher natures, what we really are and where we come from, the higher realms are just so vastly beyond anything that can be said with our local language. You know, the, the language that we use on earth is form, symbols, and what we really are transcends form, <laughs> transcends the form of this world. So there's nothing I can say <laughs> to successfully articulate this, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay, so, so when I was a small child, I remembered existing before I had been human, and uh, nobody else really spoke about it, so I didn't either. Um, and I used to draw upon the memories that I'd come with um, early in my life as a way to kind of like um, peek ahead <laughs> and see what to expect. And then as I got older, those memories left me, by the, certainly around the age six or seven, um, I had no memory after that. So for all of my early adult life, you know, I had, I had no, no recollection of this at all. And then about 10 years ago, when I was 30, my body is 40 now, um, I began a long-term meditation practice. And as I meditated, uh, I found that these memories spontaneously returned. And I when they returned, it was just like, oh my gosh, how did I ever forget that? Like, it was the most natural thing in the world. <laughs> I couldn't believe that I had forgotten. Uh, and then also I began to have non-physical experiences, out-of-body experiences, and they were extremely eye-opening, uh, very in my face. And, you know, my worldview quickly changed, especially as I re <laughs> remember what I'm doing here. Okay, so I'll start at what I would call the beginning uh, of the memory that's here for me, but there is not, I, I can't really speak well to like the order because while there is a sequence to these memories, they all also feel like they're happening, happening simultaneously all at once, like now, like not even in the past, like they're, they're right now too. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know exactly how to speak to that. Okay, so long ago, before I had ever been physical, I remember coming across a being who had been physical. And when I came across him, I was absolutely inspired by the quality of his nature, the quality of what he was. And I asked him, um, and again, this isn't words, this is all telepathic communication. I had a, just an exchange of, it's like an exchange of feeling and information. I asked him, my goodness, look at you. Are you really like, do you really feel as free and powerful and bright and full of joy and everything that I feel from you. And he said, yes. And he shared it. And I 
I couldn't believe it. And I said, well, what did you do to be this? What could you possibly do <laughs> for this? And he described that he had lived human, or actually, I, I won't say human. He had lived physical lives. And I don't know what he was, but he shared one in particular in which he suffered a physical ailment, a pain of some kind that was with him for many years. And it was an extreme difficulty for him. And how he chose to meet that experience uh, allowed a certain refinement of who he was, of his being. And, uh, and I, was, I was completely blown away. And I asked him, were you healed? You know, because I could feel how deep this injury had been for him in this life. And he, and he shared, yes, he shared the depth of his healing. I could feel how his being had been healed since the physical life. And I was so inspired. And I said, I, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. I am going to do that. I was, I was just very definitive <laughs> and, and not brushing me off, but he kind of said, well, that's, that's what they all say. And I was persistent. I said, no, I mean it. I want to do this. I'm going to be physical. And he said, well, it's hard in a way that you've never known before. And it was a very like, you know, real communication to that effect. And I said, that, that, I, I'm okay with that. He said, well, go, go talk to your guides. So I did. And I don't have right after that, but I remember going back and finding this being much later after I had lived many lives and sharing with him some of what I had done. And I, I said, see, I'm in the process of doing this. I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm, I'm doing this. And he was, um, he was encouraging. Um, but I knew I wasn't done yet. So, uh, okay. So now I'm going to fast forward a bit because, um, Okay, so there was a there was activity between there, a lot of it I don't remember. But most of the memory that I have is about a time immediately preceding this life, or, or somewhat immediately, where I had lived I had lived several lives and I was taking a very long break <laughs> in between. I just decided I was taking a long break. I wasn't doing this for a long time. I was just taking a break from the physical thing. And I remember this guide coming to me every so often and saying, are you ready to go back yet? Are you ready to go back yet? And putting him off for a while and eventually agreeing, okay, I'm ready to go back. And I remember meeting with this guide and reviewing with him what I can only describe as my state, uh, who, who I am, who I had been, who I, what, what I was. And it was very obvious the thing that I needed to do or to work on um, in my next incarnation, um, it was like, not, not quite like this, <laughs> just a metaphor, but if like, if you look at a chart or something, it was like, there, were, <laughs> there was like one part that was just glaring, like, oh yeah, I really need to do something about that. And it was a fear that I had experienced in a past life that had bested me in that past life. And what I mean is this fear had uh, taken a life of its own in this previous life and led me down a path, which made me a very nasty person in that life. Um, I was a very destructive individual and I ended up dying an agonizing death in that life because of this fear. And so subsequently now I could see that that was a part of me. And so I wanted to re-engage that fear, uh, not because I had to or something, but because I knew that if I could re-engage this fear and if I could integrate it, then there would be a profound expansion of, of being, an expansion of joy and love, and, and it would just be unfathomably beautiful. But I also could see even then that the depth of this fear was so extreme in a certain vibrational way. It was just so extreme <laughs> that I remember asking the guy, is it even possible? Has it ever been done? Has anything this extreme and in this way ever been done in all that is? And he said, yes, and you have all time available to you to do so. There's no hurry. And I knew with confidence, if it can be done, I can do it. If it can be done, if, it's, if it is possible at all, then I will do it. And uh, so, so they brought me a life that was perfect for this intention to re-engage this low vibration. And I reviewed that life <clears throat> and I accepted it. And I accepted the veil, the veil of forgetfulness, which, um, which is the thing I remember most about this, uh, this memory is this process of accepting the veil, which is a necessary part 
of coming to be physical. Um, and I described it and I've shared this in other videos as well, but I, 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 it's like having a obscuring limitation placed over your consciousness. It's so extreme that you feel like you dive down, 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 lower, 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 lower to a place where your knowing is cut off and your connectedness to all things um, feels like it disappears. It feels like it's gone. So you, so you go from an extremely high vibration place, I, I like describing it like an amplifier that produces a pitch or something like, like you know, and then you turn that the knob and it goes, except this one, you just, you get to the bottom and then you keep turning lower, 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 more, lower, still lower, more. Like that's what it felt like being veiled down all the way vibrationally into this physical experience. And when I arrived, I, I was overwhelmed by the fear that I immediately experienced as a response to being cut off from who I really was, uh, being cut off from my knowing and feeling separate from everything else. And I don't know how long I was there, but it wasn't very long because I was still in the womb when I said, you know what? I'm not doing this. This is so dark. This is so low vibration. This is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. And so I summoned my might and I smote the veil. I fought my way out and I uh, succeeded in doing that. But um, I became aware that I had killed the fetus that was to be the body that I was to to live. And I had a life review for that very, very short life. <laughs> and I became aware, I knew in detail how I had made the mother's journey more difficult. And not only the poor mother, but hundreds of other people and like ripple, like ripples away from the mother. Yeah. I was aware that there were hundreds of other people whose journeys had been made more difficult because of my fear right at the beginning. And I had so many good intentions going into this. <laughs> so when I saw this and knew this, I thought, oh, oh boy, I really got really to work on this. Like, I, I couldn't believe in a, in a sense, hard to describe this because from that state of being, you know that all is well. There's no like, there's not really a, um, you know, a fundamental problem or something. It, it, but still, I saw what I was and what I had done. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to do better. So, so I spent some time in what I can only describe as a veil acceptance simulator. It's like a room where you go and they put a mock veil over you and you practice surrendering to it. It's like going into a, like a dark pool where you go deep underwater and then you see how long you can stay underwater. This is just a metaphor. Mm -hmm how long you can stay underwater until you cry uncle <laughs> you know and then they let you out because it's just a simulator it's like that and uh, I did that for a while but I could tell you the real thing is more difficult <laughs> than the simulator <laughs> right. anyway so after this experience they brought me this life and I reviewed this life and I knew that it was good uh, it was not as good as the first one would have been um, but it was still good. It was, it was just, it was good. It wasn't perfect. And I remember reviewing what I can only describe as a vast flow chart of millions and millions of possibilities of how things might unfold in this life and probably would, or probably wouldn't unfold. Like a, like if you lay a tree on its side and the trunk is thick at the, the place where you start, and then it kind of goes out to branches. It was kind of like that except it was millions and millions of possibilities as to what would, what might happen, what would likely happen. And there was a certain trajectory, energetic tra trajectory that this life had. And I knew that after my twenties, I would end up in a, in an energetic place that was further than I'd ever gone before in a certain direction. And I also knew that in my twenties, I would very likely be uh, traumatized significantly by an, ex by a certain experience. And that did happen. <laughs> um, so I reviewed all this and I was filled with excitement. Um, I think the overarching emotion that I can describe in this whole process is excitement. Excitement of the opportunity to be this and do this is, and, and also excitement because the opportunity to be human is, was and is so precious. 
It was like being given the most precious gift in the universe, the opportunity to, to, to be this, to do this when there's only so many slots, you know, there's only, there's only so many yeah. open, you know, opportunities and there's way more spirits than there are opportunities. So being offered an opportunity to be human is just such an honor in itself. So I reviewed this life and I remember there having to be a moment to accept it. And I don't remember that moment, but I do remember a, like a waiting period after that, where I was in this in-between place and I was still timeless. And I remember the guides suddenly coming to me and grabbing my attention, uh, like go now, like right now, <laughs> like not, not rude, but almost rude. Like they had to grab me and really like shake me out of like <laughs> the state I was in to like kind of get me to enter earth time at the right window or something. And the next moment I was with these beings that I can only describe as technicians or tinkerers is the best English word I can think of that kind of, you know, is the energy of what they are. And um, they, they're like technical in nature. And they, for me, they did this thing where they, they help apply the veil to you. They like, they, they match because the soul has like certain rich complex qualities and the life has its own thing going on. And they do this thing in the body. And they do this thing where like, it, I don't know, they, they make it, they make it all jive and make it all fit. And they have this prepared. And I remember being in this place that can only be described as like a room with like a, like a shaft. And I remember them saying one last time, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? Because I knew that once I said yes here, that was it. I was in, I was in for the ride. I was strapped in and I said, yes. And so then the veil came over me again. And as, as the veil came over me, this time I focused, I, I got, so all my energy was gathered and the veil came over me and I focused com like completely on just not fighting it. <laughs> just basically letting, basically letting the veil do what it will do to take hold of me, like letting it take hold within my being, within my, the body of my consciousness. And I remember the, the plummet again, lower, 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 even lower and having my knowing cut off and, and feeling all of a sudden very alone and in the dark and holding on and holding on and holding on and holding on. And then eventually um, sending a message back through, there's, there's like this little window that, that was still open. And I, I sent this little message through back to the technicians. Did it take? And getting one message back, yes. And so I knew that I was there. So, so then I was in the womb and it was okay for a while. And then eventually I said, you know what? I'm not doing this. Oh, no. I'm not doing this. I, I'm not doing it. This is so dark. This is so low vibration. I am not going to tolerate this. It, I couldn't believe the, the breathtaking lowness of the vibration of this state, this doleful state <laughs> in comparison to where I had been. So I began to summon my might to fight my way out again. And as I did that, this most holy moment happened for me where what I can only describe as the spirit of God came to me and it showed me what I really still was and what I really still am and what we are. And I saw the stars and the whole universe and all things and I, they were in me and I was of them and it was bliss. And I felt the churning of the sun and the bliss of the churning of the sun. And, and, and the spirit said to me, God said to me, whatever word we want to use source, this is still what you are. You can never not be this. So it's, it's hard for me to think about because I miss it so much. Oh, that's I, uh, true. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm proud. Uh, you know, I'm a sense of <laughs> my pride, but I'm honored to be here. And I don't mean to make light of the opportunity, but I miss it so much. <laughs> I miss that state so much. But anyway, so after this moment, I, I was calmed because it was like, oh, that's, that's really what I am. Okay. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> so I let go into the simple existence of being in the womb. And the next memory I have is of being born. Um, 
I only have one visual image memory of being born. I remember seeing the room after they had pulled me out. And years later, I drew the room from my mother. I, I said, you were here. Here was, here was the doctor. Here was the heating grate. Here was the window. I remembered it. And, and she said, I was right. I mean, I know I knew I would be. But just that one visual memory. But the memory is more about the shock um, and, the, and the intense curiosity that I, that I remember having right after I was born. I remember this overload of sensory data, like sight and sound and touching and cold. And, but there was no context for it yet. I, had, I did not understand at all what was happening. I just knew things were happening. And, there, and I knew that these people around me, these, the nurses or whatever, you know, whatever they, I knew they were beings and they were, and they were taking care of me somehow, but I didn't know, I couldn't conceive it. There was no conceptual understanding of what, what was happening. But I remember feeling love for those, those beings. Um, and I remember being so curious and just looking around like, what is this place? Like, where am I? Where am I? And um, yeah, so it was just very intense. So I don't have any memories after that for some number of years. But as I grew, I remember expecting certain things that were true in the other realities would be true here. <laughs> um, for instance, I remember expecting that we would be able to feel each other's emotions here because in other reality systems, it's very normal for beings to be able to share their feelings and share who they really are. And so um, I remember being young enough that I was in a diaper and my parents had a neighbor friend over. And I remember um, this record being on a record player and there was music playing. And I remember telling the neighbor friend, watch me dance. And then standing at the couch and shaking my little tush. And I remember she just walked away unimpressed. And I was like, what, what, what is going on? Because it occurred, I realized she couldn't feel what I was feeling. And when I realized that, I thought, where am I? What kind of an alien place is this that we cannot feel each other's emotions? What is going on? It was just, it was dumbfounding to me. I was just like shocked, like, what, what, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> and then I had other assumptions that uh, I assumed that even, even now, somebody, sometimes this crops up and I feel like this is the way it should be, but on earth, things are slightly different. I remember uh, expecting that people in positions of authority or leadership would be loving and wise because in other systems, the, I don't like these word positions, but beings who were in roles of authority or guidance, they were loving and wise. They are loving and wise. So I assumed here on earth, you know, if you were like a teacher of a classroom, you must be loving and wise. And if you were the mayor of a city, you must be really loving and wise. And if you were the president of the United States, you must be the wisest and the most loving person <laughs> there is. Well, that's not how it works on earth. <laughs> not always not, the case. Not always the case here. Um, so I feel like I've always had to kind of come to terms with uh, the nature of this experience. But in, in this pre-birth review, I remember asking to have a small amount of memory this time, very small. And I remember them saying I could do that, that it would make this journey more difficult. And I knew that that was the case because the contrast would be even greater. See, but I knew that even that contrast though was an opportunity. I knew that that contrast was an opportunity for growth. So I, I agreed. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I guess that's a quick, <laughs> a quick well, summary. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mark, those re remarkable experiences. I just want to ask you a few questions if that's okay. Sure. I just want to say real quick, I don't yeah. feel that it's remarkable. And um, I, the thing that it was remarkable to me is that everyone doesn't remember. <laughs> um, we all are far more than the human character that we are currently experiencing being. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly in no way special. It's, it's just, it's something that we all do. We all know it's just part of the game here is to forget. It's part of the nature of uh, being human. So I don't, I don't consider it remarkable, mm -hmm. um, but I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate your kindness. Um, this is going to be one of these interviews where you preempt all my questions. It happens to me a lot lately. <laughs> so the, the veil, why is the veil put on us? Yeah. In your opinion? Well, there are a few important reasons, but first of all, say that you, okay. So if you weren't veiled, you would be the unveiled you. 
you. It'd be the whole you, the you that knows actively and feels actively that you are connected to all things and that you are one with all and that the universe is in you and you in it. And you would feel and know tangibly much, much more than, than just that's what's in front of you. So in order to have the experience of being human and being this human character and getting up in the morning and, you know, driving through traffic and going to work, <laughs> you know, and eating your breakfast and all that, if you, to focus on being that and having the experience of that, of the veil is actually very helpful, even necessary so that we can be that perspective because there's an incredible value to having the experience of being that perspective. We come to, to have that perspective. And, you know, here on earth, we tend to think that the state of separation being separate from one another is the normal mm -hmm. is not the normal. <laughs> the normal state is connectedness and knowing our unity. And this is actually a rather extreme and alien type of experience that we come to by comparison, I mean, to know separation. So if you really want to know what it's like to be separate and to have to then bring the love of what we are here into this separation, to this context, the only way to do so is to, you know, is to be veiled. Uh, being veiled is also helpful in that um, we tend to develop because we have fear, yet unevolvedness is another word we could use for fear. Mm -hmm. We have fear. So in previous lives, in, in lives, we tend to get stuck in ego patterns you know, beliefs or, um, you know, certain kinds of um, hangups that can get firmed up over life. And the veil allows us to have a new personality that is free of much of that. I mean, there are certainly elements that traverse experience to experience, but I mean, for a given life, it, it can be helpful to be veiled and to have a fresh start. It's still the same you, <laughs> still the same experience, or it's not a different person, it's you, but now you have a fresh start. Mm -hmm. And also it's helpful because, um, it prevents us from having really significant homesickness uh, because if you knew all of what we are and where we come from, oh my gosh, you know, just getting through your day is like, it can, it could, it would be almost impossible because the, the yearning to be there and to go there and to, and to enjoy the, uh, the depths of being that are possible in those higher realms would be overwhelming. Whereas now here we are, I don't want to use the word blissfully ignorant, but we're able to be shielded so that, so that we can focus on, on being, a cre being, having the experience of creaturehood, <laughs> you know, biological. Um, I've often been asked the question, and I'm sure you have as well, if it's, if, if, if we're in such a high vibrational state over, I'm just going to call it over there, the different realm, the different dimension, heaven, there's many names for it. Why do we need to come to human form to experience suffering, pain, the veil. So it's not it's not really a need um, because I will say very very um, at least in my experience I feel strongly that all incarnation is done out of free will choice. There is no such thing as, in my opinion, of being having incarnation forced upon you. <laughs> I agree. And the reason, and I just want to say that first because that's important because the spirit itself is sovereign. Because consciousness, it's like you're of source. There, there is no greater, uh, you know, level of authority or something. You're a part of it. So the only way to be obscured to all of what you really are is to volunteer to do so, to, uh, to allow yourself to be veiled. So why do we do that? <laughs> That's your question. So, um, okay. This is really hard to describe. But I'm going to give it a shot. You're doing an so, amazing job. Thank you. It's, it's really intimidating because I feel like every time I open my mouth, I'm just wrong. <laughs> there's, no. Just no there's just no, no there's just no, no words for any of this. So yeah. it's like, anyway. Okay. So there is a, there's an important process happening, which I will simply describe as evolution or expansion. And what is it? The expansion of it's the expansion of what is with a capital W and a capital I. And it's the expansion of joy and love. Okay. So, okay. So if source is like, a, uh, like imagine source is like a sun or a ball of light and it's the, and it's the, the origin and what we really are. Imagine if as a part of it, you can go vibrationally, I don't know, this far, or maybe this far, maybe even this far away. And if you can be there 
and fully integrate that experience and allow your loving true nature to actualize there and to be present there, then there's this expansion that takes place of being of not just you, but the whole, because you are a part of the whole. So, and so, and this expansion that's possible is, is tremendous when we talk about the opportunities on earth. Earth is like the, it's such a high, high, high opportunity place. It is so precious in the, uh, the extremity of potential <laughs> that is available to us uh, in, in that expansion, uh, in that expansive process. And so we're serving not only our, I don't, not, it's not about serving ourselves. I'm just using these words. It's about, we're not only serving ourselves by doing it, we're serving the whole by, by participating because even just by being just you and having your preferences and your experience and your perspective and your contrast that is additive. It is, it is a helpful creation of perspective that is useful within the whole, within all that is. So we do it for the expansion of love and joy. Um, and, and that is a service. And we also do it uh, because we are beings of fun and joy and creativity. And there is a remarkable uh, amount of creative, experiential creativity that is possible when we come and have the experience of being physical or being human. There's it, because that, because this is such an extreme environment, <laughs> the biological earth world, you know, mm -hmm. it's such an extreme environment because of that, when creativity can express here, it, it is also remarkable in how that can, um, I don't know how to describe this. It's not just the creative and the creativity in the local sense, it's creativity in the spiritual sense. Like a small creation on earth might be a, a, a tremendous, huge creation in other reality systems and, and higher systems that are thought responsive. And um, in that way, we are participating in a much bigger creative process than what we visually see in front of our eyes. So those are just two comments. No, that no, no, that was great in the whole... <laughs> in the whole multi-dimensional realm. And, and it, you know, it, it was explained very well because often we as humans say, well, what's in it for me? You know, what am I getting out of it? But when we realize that when we heal ourselves or when we heal other people, we're actually healing the collective consciousness or enhancing the collective consciousness. Yes, I, I, I wanna say one other reason, and that is to, we, we are beings of love. Love is what we are, okay? <laughs> if there's nothing else that we take away from this conversation, um, I hope that whoever is listening would be reminded that you are loved. <laughs> you are loved deeply, deeply, so deeply loved that you would be brought to your knees if you knew even the tiniest fraction of the unbelievable, powerful, universe-shattering love that there is for you. <laughs> okay, so that much love is what we, we are and more. And then when our, when our friends and family, our, our brothers and sisters, are coming to be physical. One of the reasons we come then is because they've come and we want to help and participate in that process with them and for them too. So, so one, so the reasons for incarnation may be very specific to an individual. And I'm, I'm just saying that one of those reasons is the service of other people. Uh, it may be that someone comes just to be a friend to someone who they know from ancient, you know, many other experiences that they want to help in some way or we might come to fulfill some role for somebody else. There may be somebody who wants to experience a very specific thing. And we come to be the parent or the brother or sister or whatever that will help them have that experience. And we do it out of service too. Beautifully explained. This is a hard one for you. And I know it's hard to put into words. What does home feel like? Oh man. If I thought too hard on it, I would cry. <laughs> it's okay to cry. People I cry, uh, I, I cry I just, all the uh, time on Passion Harvest. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. So I think if the listener pictures home and the feeling that their homiest home, their truest home, who they really are and where they really belong, take that feeling and magnify it by a thousand or more, maybe a million. And, and that, that belongingness, that naturalness, that connectedness, that acceptance is what we are. Um, and home is not just a place, you know, we like to, we like to think about 
reality as being places, you know, so we're here. And like then a structure. This, yeah, a structure. There must be this other place that's home and we're in, a, we're in place A. It's okay to think of it like that while we're human, but, but environment places arise within that, which is that, which is, which is being this life itself with a capital L spirit consciousness, whatever word we want to use, what we really are has no, it can't be described. (laughs) And within that arises many reality systems of rich complexity and many rules. And I'm just saying that in the context of this question, because uh, home can mean different things to different people. There are many higher realms, and I won't, I won't get into that. I'm, <laughs> oh, I was. I, I not, thought that I'm sounded exciting. To, <laughs> I'm not credible to speak to the, the nature okay. of those realms, but I just know that that um, there are higher realms, and they can be experienced um, throughout a body experiences and others. And so, when we talk about home, we may be talking about a heavenly reality system. We may be talking about even higher states. Of, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot to that. It's a, like the afterlife is not just one place. It's a, it's an extremely rich, complex, multi-layered, extremely deep multiverse, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and earth is just the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest little corner of one reality system. Um, but anyway, so back to your original question, home is what we are. You know, we, are, we, are, we are beingness that knows no bounds. We are love that has no limitation. We are freedom. We are joy. We are limitlessness. We are acceptance. We are expression of all good things, the creativity. We are color and sound and poetry. We are, we are the wind. We are the, the bark on the tree. We are more than this and this. And that's the beauty is is that, that we never leave home, I'll put it that way. Like the, 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 we, we get really, really deep into the physical experience, very deep. That's, we the, sure nature do. Of, that's the nature of being human is like, how deep can we go? <laughs> how extreme can we go into denseness and separation? We are testing the boundaries of that right now. But even as we do that, we could say metaphorically, we never leave. It's metaphorically like we fall asleep in heaven to have the dream of being physical. This reality, as real, it is, it's a real experience, but the physical is like the dream. And when the physical is relinquished and let go, the, the higher realms, the higher states of being are far more real and rich and beyond any earthly description. This, this place is like the black and white movie by comparison. <laughs> yeah. Is is there a point? Well, there's no there's no time. Is is there a point after multiple and multiple reincarnations that we no longer need to come back to the physical form, or uh, no I, longer? I not sorry, not know. need. Choose. Yeah, choose. Yeah, I I imagine that there's probably I don't know for certain, but I I feel that it's very likely that eventually this form of of expansion and expression will be one that we choose to not pursue further. But because the, um, the nature of the physical experience is so rich and high contrast, there is so much potential here that it is common for individuals to, uh, I don't wanna say get stuck, it's because it's not really stuck, but for individuals to, to process more than one experience. <laughs> well, there's so many probabilities, aren't there? There are. Do you, um, this is a different question. Do you think we can be living multiple realities at the same time? Yes. Yeah. The soul is, so metaphorically, if this is like playing a video game, this is just a metaphor, but if you're sitting down at the computer playing a game, the soul is is not limited to playing one game. Mm-hmm. It can play multiple computers at the same time, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, like parallel timelines. Is that, in your opinion, is it based on the choices that we make of free will that lead us in another direction or another timeline? So I, I feel that timelines is, I feel that they're, my current understanding is that they're actualized timelines and unactualized timelines. And uh, 
to borrow some terms from Tom Campbell, the physicist and consciousness explorer, who I'm a big fan of. <laughs> He's an yeah. awesome man. Um, the, so he, he describes a, like the database in spirit where it records all like an actualized path and many, many, many unactualized paths, billions upon billions upon billions of unactualized paths. And those unactualized paths can then go be experienced. And uh, like a computer, this is again, just a metaphor, but like a computer, the system can take a screenshot of any one of those unactualized paths and reload it and, and have new players assigned to it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just putting that in context because I think it's a, I think it's a rather complex system. It's hard to nail down from here. Um, but yes, our free will choices are constantly taking us down the different avenues. Like in my pre-birth experience, when I reviewed the flow chart of what this life could be like or will be like, the, the factor which made the probabilities higher or lower was free will. It was my choices and the choices of every other participant <laughs> because they're like, so there's like these energetic, I was aware in my pre-birth experience, there are like these energetic uh, seasons or movements that happen through the species even. And those movements affect how, you know, like kind of the context of the play, like there might be an overarching theme of a given place that has an effect on the choices that people are making there. And all that ties together. And it seemed, and to us as humans, it's like ridiculously complex, like trillions upon trillions upon trillions upon trillions of- Infinite probabilities. It's, it's, yeah, basically infinite. Um, but to spirit, the spirit has, uh, you know, to use another Tom Campbell term, it has a huge amount of processing power, <laughs> you know, it, infinite knowledge, <laughs> it is, it is no problem processing all these probabilities. So it can predict ahead of time what is likely to happen. And then what this is, but here's, here's an important thing. This physical experience is a novel experience, meaning that that it is an experience where the choices that are being made are affecting outcomes in ways that might be unanticipated. And that is a part of the incredible value actually of the human experience is things happen that were not anticipated and it, for lack of a better word, forces other avenues. And in the end, that process is ultimately creative. And that's important too, not to get down another tangent, but it just reminds me of how like we see destruction around us, right? Sometimes things get destroyed, people die, people get sick, natural disasters happen. And it's hard for us to see past the loss and the destruction, but that is a part of the, um, like there's creativity possible in that that is not otherwise uh, mm -hmm. possible. So when you saw the spreadsheet or the pre-plan of your life or the main trajectories of your life, uh, had, did you see all the way up until you returned to the non-physical, the main highways that may occur or the most likely probability of what will happen? Yes. Yeah, I, I even reviewed it in terms of numerical ages. I remember knowing it would probably be 22 or 23 where I would have my trauma and that did happen when I was 22. I'm currently aware of a potential exit point that I won't discuss. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Um, but I remember knowing that past my early thirties, I would be so far down the certain energetic trajectory that it would be hard to see. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't I mean, that's not the right word, not hard to see, but it would be th the, the, the branches were thinner and more difficult to nail down. And that's where I am now. Like I feel, I feel right now, like I am very far out in the wilderness in a certain direction. And I actually have a yearning to decompress. <laughs> Not, I don't want to say die, you know, physically die. But when it, when this journey is over, I look forward to a life review and to um, basically process everything I've experienced <laughs> this far. Can I ask what the fear was that you had to, the you requested to relearn in this lifetime? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when we think about fear, we tend to think of a fear of something, you know, like a fear of heights or something. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, but, but I'm using fear in a deeper sense and it's more like a vibrational distance from source. So in my case, the fear can best be described as um, inability is the perception of inability to escape agony mixed with being too proud to suffer. 
And I had an experience in China. I tried to move to China after college because I had studied in Beijing when I was 20. And I had an experience when I was 22 where I had a heat stroke and I was in a Chinese hospital for four days and they gave me bag after bag after bag of potassium and it fried my nervous system somehow. And that's one thing I'll just mention that in my pre-birth experience, I was aware that this body has certain biological limitations that other bodies do not. And I knew it would make my journey more difficult and it would push me in some extreme directions um, in my experience. So I had this traumatic experience and, um, you know, and I was forced to face and feel what ultimately was the fear of un being in a, unable to escape pain and being too proud to like accept that I was in this state. And I had, I uh, saw so this, this was an extremely physically painful, uh, whatever happened to me lasted for months. My body did not sweat for 10 months. I was in constant physical pain. And, uh, after weeks of this, I, I had kind of, I like, I became, I was traumatized. I had post-traumatic stress disorder for about eight years. And I could not even remember my life before the age of 22 very well at all. My psyche blocked it off. That's kind of a normal thing in <laughs> post-traumatic experience. So, and I went through years of counseling and uh, through that, through EMDR therapy is what it was called. And through a very skilled practitioner, I, um, I did experience layer after layer after layer deeper 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 towards this fear and eventually after years it did re-meet the actual deepest fear that i'm here to feel and it's it was breathtakingly low vibration but um but i am no longer i don't i have i know that there's no um i don't need to resist it as the fear arises and as the experience manifests in whatever way it will I accept it as it arises. I choose not to, you know, resist. Re reality is not my enemy. My experience is not my enemy. And I know that there is profound value in uh, facing whatever I feel. And at the time, I did not have my the pre-birth memory available to me. So it was quite terrifying. It was only after processing the fear to a great, great depth that the memory began to return. And so now it's uh, inspirationally <laughs> helpful for me because now I remember like, oh, right. that's what I'm, I'm meant to be important. dealing with this. I'm meant to be dealing with this. This is helpful, you know, and, and I can feel that it's helpful in ways. And it's not something I can even do all at once. I don't think I, I don't know. I, I'm, I guess I won't put any limits on it. I just know that I have taken very important steps so far in integrating this type of experience. What would you say to people that are afraid of dying? Okay, well, there is no death. <laughs> okay, I know that it looks like there's death because bodies deteriorate and cease to function, you know, but there is no death. And in fact, death is the most wonderful thing because it is not just not an end. It is actually a freedom, a release, a removal of constraints. This state of being human is the more dead state I'm not speaking negatively or against this, uh, this precious experience of being human, but this is the more, the far more limited and difficult state. Death is a release. It's like taking off a heavy spacesuit or a very tight shirt or climbing out of a small metal can or something and, and expanding back to incredible breadth and freedom and joy. And that is a most, oh, most wonderful process. Um, it's something that I very much look forward to. I'm not, I'm not wishing to die, <laughs> but, but I, I, I relate to near death experiencers who speak about yearning to go home mm -hmm. and uh, there's nothing terrible about that. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It is, it is a release and a freedom, not, not an end. No, <laughs> the end is an illusion. That's, that's very comforting. Um, do we have a little bit of time to speak about that, your out-of-body experiences? Sure. So that's what I consider, yeah. Sure, I please consider myself, <laughs> I consider myself a neophyte in that, in that arena, but I, I have had a few experience. I'll just, I'll just at least say at a high level. So I've had experiences where, um, I, okay. So from a meditative state, I've had experiences where I am non-local. Mm -hmm. So I am not me as a body. I am everywhere. And that is blissful and wonderful. 
I've had experiences where my body sleeps and I am fully lucid and conscious in some other environment, um, whether it be like this local world. I've had one experience, only one, where I was walking around my house, <laughs> but I but I didn't know I was out of body because it was so normal and so real. And I was feeling the carpet under my toes <laughs> and the cracks on the walls. It took me a while to figure out that I was not in my body until I walked through a wall. I couldn't figure it out. Um, I've had experiences in other reality systems that are so beautiful, just so beautiful that the light is alive and the color is living and, and engenders thing. Like, a, like each color is a, um, like an embodiment of some quality and it, and it, and you're a part of it and it's blissful and it speaks to you and you, and you can revel in it. Like this one experience I had, I was just looking at the grass and the grass was so green that I felt like I could look at this grass all day and I would not get bored because it's so beautiful and so rich. I could just look, I could just revel in the beauty of the green alone. <laughs> and, the, but the whole environment was beautiful. Um, I've also had some experiences where I've been able to interact with people that I know physically in this life who are alive right now. And, and I've had four experiences where I've been able to confirm that interaction the next day. I think that's a fun activity to yes. <laughs> try to do, interact, interact with people and confirm it. But, um, but all in all, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a newbie, you know, when it comes to, to those types of experiences, they have, they arise as they arise. Um, I, I think that's something that's worth mentioning to anyone who's interested in this um, topic is, so I, I so I found that in my case, meditation was the most powerful and helpful, I don't want to use the word activity because it's actually not an activity, <laughs> but activity that I've, that I ever pursued because as you become increasingly familiar with what you really are, which is awareness itself, versus what you're not, which is your thoughts and your identification with form. Okay, that's not really what you are. As you become increasingly familiar and, and, and in touch with the awareness that you really are, other parts of you will rise up to you on their own. Um, so out-of-body experiences just happen naturally because we aren't the body. <laughs> like it's not like a, you know, like a super rare mystical thing when you you begin to get in touch with the awareness that you really are. And then it's very, it becomes much more natural. So I, I, I think that out-of-body experiences are incredibly fun, but I also have felt called to focus physically. So I have really been focusing on doing the mundane, you know, day-to-day -day thing and, and doing what I can while I'm, while I'm here. Um, but when the experiences arise, that's wonderful. You I'm embrace them. Embrace them, yeah. And, and don't be afraid. Uh, that's everything. These experiences can be extremely, I mean, they are extremely real and they can be extremely um, fear provoking because like the first time, so the first non-physical experience I ever had after beginning to meditate, I was sleeping and I was in a normal dream and I was dreaming that I was about to be hit by a wave and it was going to kill me. And this wave crashed into me and I told myself in the dream, okay, you're dying now, let go let go of your body. And as I, as I thought that suddenly I woke up, but I, my body wasn't awake, but I was awake and I was experiencing the most loud, like, like a jet engine on either side of my head and this vibration going through my whole body and my whole being that was so violent. It was just so extreme and so loud. And I was stuck there for, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds or 15 seconds. And, and when I, I was like, panicked because it was it was i mean it was very re it, it sounded like jet engines it wasn't like oh i dreamed some no it was like it was like so shocking that when i woke up i actually physically jumped out of my bed and i was like i was shaken yeah it, it is know, a common how could i know that how, how how is that experience possible and and so now when an experience like that happens i still i mean i still strive to um to not react in fear just allow <laughs> allow what may happen that's great and just briefly you talked before about on this physical plane that we don't read each other's emotions or none not many of us read other emotions i think we actually do but we kind we of hide it all the all the veils but i've all, i also spoke to you about how you can feel people yeah. um do you mind just discussing that briefly yeah i mean i'll just say that i especially when i'm in a more meditated place 
when I am not associated as deeply with the, uh, you know, the, the demands of earthly life, I tend to feel the nature of individuals that I interact with, <laughs> like in my body, like as a vibration. Um, and I think, like you said, it, we don't really lose that. Okay. Because we really are consciousness. We really are connected. Separation is the illusion. Okay. So, so there really is still a connection, which means we really can still have telepathic. In fact, we are um, communicating with each other all the time, <laughs> even if we're not consciously aware of it, there's all the information is there. So the higher parts of us are always interacting anyway. But anyway, as we become uh, more in touch with deeper parts of ourselves, it, it can be natural then to also experience uh, parts of the other. So like, as this is an example, I was in a, a gaming store one day and I was playing a game on a, on a table and this old woman walked in and I, saw, I felt her all of a sudden and I looked over and my breath was kind of taken away because she looked physically, she was just this meek old woman who was unexceptional, you know, had no, very ordinary, but who she really was, was powerful and profound and amazing. And I was just like, oh. I wanted to just walk over and grab her by the shoulders and say, do you know who you are? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, I, but I couldn't, <laughs> that would be strange. <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy. <clears throat> Yeah, so I, so I do feel that sometimes, um, you know, just at, at least to some extent. And I try to remain skeptical as well. You know, I, I'm a, uh, I try to remain both open-minded and skeptical and just see what data is there. You know, as another Tom Campbell term, sure. data. See what information, see what I'm experiencing and just try to evaluate it. But yeah, I, do, I, I, have, no, I have found that I do experience things that other people do not. I've always been very sensitive I, I'm sensitive both to physical stimulus and also non-physical stimulus. I can feel certain energies. Like if I hold a crystal, I can feel the difference. Um, you know, I, I'm sensitive to smells and sounds and motion. You know, traveling can be very difficult for me when I'm going through a lot of different places very quickly. It's just a lot on my energy. I don't know. So yeah, very, it's part of my experience. Well, it's, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. Christian, it's been such a delight to have you on Passion Harvest. Is there something you'd like to talk to the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked since I've asked all the yeah, questions? I, sure. Yeah. I, I just want to say to whoever's listening, I, I, I want to say that who you really are is so wonderful and profoundly beautiful and free and full of love that I want you to be encouraged, whoever you are listening, to not feel overwhelmed by all the circumstance of your life that you may be identifying with is so hard. Um, what we are is far more than the human character. Who, who you are listening, you, the you that's listening, is you are you. And what I mean by that is you are the you that feels like you to you. You are, you are the you that is most you, that, that you know. And that precious you just that you may think that you are the problems and you are the name and you are the sex and you are the, the body, but you are far more. And so um, I'm, I'm honored and humbled to at least be able to remind you in some small part of that, uh, because in who we really are, there's freedom and there is, there is ultimately nothing to fear. This, this is the place we come to experience here, if we, you know, for, for the purposes I described earlier, but there is no true reason to ever be afraid. There is no true loss. There is no death. There is no death. <laughs> there is no actual, um, you know, defeat or failure. There is the, there is the experience of being human, the meaning that we place upon it. And there is such a rich opportunity in that. So I hope to remind whoever you are listening that you are powerful being and that you do not need to be afraid what a beautiful me message christian thank you so much for spreading your light in the world all your details will be in the show notes but where's the best place for people to connect with you i have a spiritual blog it's www.awalkinthephysical.com awalkinthephysical.com i'm also going to be publishing a book later this year congratulations <laughs> thank you <laughs> i'm working on it and, uh, and anybody who'd like to talk, I'm, I'm available on Facebook. Just, you know, look me up. I'm happy to speak to anybody who would like to speak. This is a, a, an awesome opportunity to be able to connect in the physical while we are here. We have all come a very long way. <laughs> so it's my honor 
to speak to whoever here this this day this moment um because uh, it's just it's just an awesome thing that we've done to come this far i'm honored to be able to do that so please reach out if you'd like great well christian sunberg thank you so much for being on passion harvest it's been a very insightful and high vibrational interview thank you <laughs> thank you Louisa. bye-bye have a great day thank you, <laughs> you too that is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.